0: Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind tabletop games. I'm Mike Riemann. and I'm Michael Sater. And on today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing themes behind the game Hive. That's right, like bees. <clears throat> yeah, like like bees, bugs.
1: Hive is a a tile game, uh, a little bit like Othello or chess.
0: Yeah, I would I think I would uh, associate it with chess because. The whole object of the game is you're trying to protect your queen and also trying to surround the other person's queen. So it's all these little tiles, and they're hexagon tiles. Oh hexadecimal tiles. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why I wanted to say that. But they're hexagon tiles, and you move your bugs around, and they're all different t- sorts of bugs, but you're trying to surround the other person's queen, and if you surround the queen, you win. But each one of these bugs have a different ability.
1: They all move in a different way. Each bug can move a, a different number and direction uh, around these hexagons.
0: Very akin to chess, like one goes in a straight line, one can only move so many spots. The other one can leap over things, in a la checkers. So it's it's a it's a neat game. It's it's uh, very strategic, and there's expansions that offer different bugs and uh, different. Um, strategies to add to the game
1: which to me is fun because you can uh uh, just just come up with any bug and say well how would that move
0: (laughs) that's true that's true and so i think we should probably think upon that uh when we talk about today's theme uh we're going to talk about uh the most interesting bugs that we could find uh on the internet creepiest (sighs) crawliest insects (sighs) i know of so to preface this, I thought this would be a fun project and a fun research assignment for us. Uh, turns out I am terribly fearful of bugs, and I could barely look at the pictures. So Mike might have a little bit more information, and I uh, will not be looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually going to do our top uh, top ten ish. Uh, lists on our own, and we're gonna go back and forth with what we think are the most interesting bugs are. And we got we got a few we got a few on our list, so bear with us. We're gonna kind of rapid fire through this on today's episode. Uh, but um, yeah, let's start with you. What you got?
1: All right, uh, my first is the leaf cutter ant. I mm-hmm. think it's super interesting because it actually farms. It cuts down blades of grass and leaves, takes them down underground, lets them grow a fungus, and then eats that fungus. It's the first farming. Animal. That's crazy. Yeah. What? What does it look like? They're, they just look like little uh, red ants. They, you know, not, uh, uh, there are other farming ants too. Black carpenter ants can also farm, um, but they farm by feeding aphids that produce this dew-like juice that they then eat.
0: That's nuts.
1: So it's like husbandry. Oh. Uh,
0: So my number 10 uh, on my list is uh, the giant walking stick. Uh, It looks like a stick, obviously. Uh, You probably have seen these in uh, plenty of nature shows, but uh, depending on the species, uh, interesting fact about that is when threatened, it may try to squirt you with either vomit, feces, or blood, but the smell is, uh, the smell of this, whatever it's shooting out, is very offensive to predators that come wild. But it's really pleasant to humans. It can smell like toffee or peanut butter to us.
1: The giant walking stick is also the bug, uh, most prominently featured in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, uh, uh, very anachronistically, as, uh, as uh, they are more commonly found in the Americas. Interesting. Thought so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, where in Temple of Doom is it featured? When they're in
1: the big uh, room of bugs and she lifts her hand and there's just a giant bug on her hand, it is a giant walking stick. That's right.
0: Uh,
1: So what do you got next? Uh, Next I have the Hercules beetle. Um, I think a Hercules beetle is super fun because, first of all, it's seven inches long, which is great. The larva is four and a half inches long, which is (laughs) gross. Um, But... Uh, it's called the Hercules Beetle because it can lift 850 times its own weight. And now Mike and I have been talking about this for a while.
0: <laughs> for a while.
1: For a while. For me, that's like lifting 11 and a half elephants. That's
0: like 11 elephants and a baby elephant. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think you also found that it's the equivalent of the max load that most forklifts. Of a can... heavy-duty
1: forklift. That's is the max the max load. uh, For me, that would be like me lifting the max load of a heavy-duty forklift.
0: (laughs) Uh, So my next bug, I have the wheel bug. Um, This is also the assassin bug, I think, was also on your list previously. Uh, But it's the wheel bug, and it has a big beak, which it actually uses to pierce the bodies of uh, soft-bodied insects and inject a poison that actually dissolves their insides. God, I hate talking about this. Uh, but in ecosystems, if they are there, they're they're known to be healthy ecosystems because they're basically the top of the food chain in these insect ecosystems. They're considered like the equivalent of a lion or an eagle in ecosystems.
1: I think they're super interesting because not only do they inject poison through their proboscis, they also, uh, or proboscis, sorry, uh, they also suck up the liquefied insides (laughs) through the same proboscis and there are some species that pile all of the desiccated husks of their victims onto their bodies to make themselves look huge and ward off other predators
0: (laughs) we're gonna have to put a disclaimer in the front of this (laughs) because i can't be the only one uh (laughs) okay what you got next uh
1: next is the hummingbird moth for me i i think they're they're super adorable they're these Tiny plump moths that have this long tongue that they keep curled under their chin, and they unfurl it to drink from cupped flowers, like deep flowers that other bugs can't get to. I've seen um, that. That's
0: really pretty. And they yeah.
1: look like itty bitty hummingbirds, and they actually make kind of a similar sound too.
0: Huh. Um, do they flap their wings as fast? They do, yeah.
1: And they and they hover. Um, and they their wings are uh, are actually clear. They start out scaled when they're younger, and then the scales fall off, so the wings are clear. Uh, so they just kind of look like little blurs of of fur fur drinking from flowers. They're I don't adorable think it's cute anywhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> So next bug on my list is the rhinoceros cockroach. This thing looks like like a half a football. It's just this giant big freaking bug. It's the world's heaviest cockroach cockro- cockroach species and um where they're found, they're not known to be pests because they do. A lot of stuff for the environment, like eating decayed stuff and whatnot. And uh, interesting fact about it: it turns entirely white, except for the eyeballs, when it's molting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, big freaking bug! Uh, like I mentioned before, it's about thirty-five grams. Which, for you European European friends, that would make sense to you, I guess. It's probably like an eighth of a pound, roughly. Uh, sure, I'm
1: thinking like a like a tennis ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. About heavy as a tennis ball.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, next for me is the devil flower mantis or Ooh. devil's flower mantis oh, yeah, or orchid one. mantis uh, oh. uh, also um, they look just like orchids um, they are just these big leafy things that that you know have these big mantis arms that it just keeps up in front and all the pictures I know Mike would just just <laughs> I he would just hate it but I thought that they were super interesting they look terrifying um, but they're think... five inches long and they're lightning fast they're uh, they're waiting and prey bugs so they just stay. Utterly still until other bugs uh, or prey come into uh, uh, into range, and then they just whoom, with their with their with their predatory mantis oh, arms.
0: See, those guys don't bother me as much because they look like flowers. Like that doesn't bother me. You know, like the walking stick, I was like, okay, that's a twig. Like that doesn't bother me too much. Uh, yeah. So my next my next one, and these these everyone has heard of these. These are fire fireflies or lightning bugs, or uh, as my dad. I grew up knowing them as Mervies because my my grandfather one time, my my dad when he was a kid, was like, hey, what are those? And my grandfather was like, uh, Mervies. <laughs> Just made up a word. So that's what he always knew them social as. social engineering. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, everyone knows fireflies. They produce a bioluminescent glow from their butt. But things that you might not know about a firefly, which as I always think is very romantic, and I remember reading about this long, long ago. But some of the species has a very specific pattern in their glow and the males will fly around and and some of the species th- this particular species the the females will be on the ground and they'll try to match up with the lights of the males and once they find their match then they can come down and meet uh and then they mate uh, but the problem with that sometimes is that the, there will be predators on the ground that are also bioluminescent that will shine the same pattern after watching the males up in the sky and then attract the males down and then eat those. And that gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is very romantic, it is, yeah, It's, it's adorable. Like, it's, yeah, it's your, it's, they literally have, like, a, a butt mate sure. out there for them.
1: I had read that certain species of fireflies in huge groups will synchronize, but then it'll just be
0: one big cloud of... Oh, whoa. That's really cool. Yeah. But not, they're not all like mating with no, each other. No, oh, no. Okay.
1: I mean, they are. What else are bugs doing? <laughs> that's true. It's, it's terrifying me. <laughs> what you got next? Uh, next, I've got water scorpions. Now, I don't know a whole lot about water scorpions, but I do know that they have a built in tail snorkel. And. Uh, they, tail snorkel. Yeah, they breathe out of this, this, this uh, long tail that they have behind them that they keep above the water like a snorkel, um, <laughs> and that's why they kind of look like scorpions, but they also have these kind of raptorial arms uh, that look like scorpions, except instead of pincers, they just grab into themselves, so they just eat water bugs and things under the water. Uh, by just like grabbing them and keeping them, and then and then like scurrying away. Oh um, it's uh, that's about all I know about water scorpions, but they <laughs> looked really cool. Uh,
0: so my next uh, insect is the elephant beetle. It's another big beetle, but an interesting fact about the elephant beetle is that the Pentagon. Uh, or DARPA specifically, uh, recently funded research at the University of California to put electrodes and little microchips on them to make them remote-controlled because these specific beetles can fly for so long without having to eat. Um, they've also been doing this with certain butterflies, too, uh, which is really strange <laughs> to me. Uh, that's it. That's yeah, all I no, got about the it, Having Elven a beetle. remote
1: control beetle, I mean, it sounds
0: great if I were 11. Yes. I think that would be exactly <laughs> what I want. Or if I was shrunk down to the size of Honey shr- I Shrunk. The kids,
1: oh, guys. and then we're talking Beetle Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what you got next?
1: Uh, <laughs> next I've got the Red Postman Butterfly. Uh, these butterflies are not... Uh, particularly flashy. They're just black and have a red stripe across them, but what I think is really interesting about them is that uh, mostly they feed on uh, on the nectar and flower uh, called passion flowers, which are toxic to most animals, but they just keep the toxins in their body to make sure they taste bad when other predators eat them, which I just think is uh, a, a funny and must be an ineffective uh predator strategy until you've eaten a lot of boseman butterflies
0: (laughs) that's like eating acid and then if somebody stabs you is spraying acid out on them yeah yeah Yeah, the equivalent (laughs) uh so my next one is the brahmin moth caterpillar so the brahmin moth is this very very large moth with this beautiful intricate background on or background but wingspan uh but uh, and and one of the things about this moth itself is that it can neutralize the toxins of elderberries when it eats it uh, it's just like some saliva thing but the most interesting about it thing about this is the caterpillar form it, it looks like uh this crazy headdress uh, of twigs and stuff or or a demon it looks terrifying it looks like it shouldn't exist but I've seen multiple pictures of it and it's just like this 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 curving crown kind of like loki from thor his his headdress but like the other way and it's just like covered in barbs it's terrifying i think it's it they don't really know what it's used for i think it's supposed to be just to ward off things but it, they don't use it like as an actual attacking mechanism it's weird
1: and you know i didn't put this one on my list but the atlas moth once it's uh, fully uh, grown into its adult state um it, first of all it has a wingspan of about a foot I think it's like 10 inches, Um, so it's an enormous moth. But the tips of its wings look like snakes poised to strike. Whoa. They're very cool.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Um, What you got next? But next, I do have uh, the uh, bombardier beetle. Now, I really like the bombardier beetles. Uh, They spray this noxious, fatal chemical from their abdomen, um, and it's actually made of two different toxic chemicals, uh, hydrogen peroxide and hydroquinone. Um, And together, they're incredibly reactive. So they have to be stored in separate glands of the bombardier beetle's uh, body and then mixed in this very specialized body part with like other toxic chemicals and then when it's sprayed the mixture reaches about boiling temperature about so it, 212 degrees yeah,
0: Fahrenheit I did read about this one that yeah. was insane Yeah if it doesn't have those two compartments it could completely collapse and blow up It would
1: explode yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: it's awful yeah. Also the picture is like it 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 doesn't just spray out it like tucks its butt underneath itself and yeah. then sprays underneath. The way
1: you might think of a uh, of a cartoon wasp coming to attack you.
0: Ah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, With its abdomen pointed forward. Ugh, speaking of which, the tarantula hawk wasp is my next thing. Sure. And my notes I have on this is, I hate this, we're never doing a bug episode <laughs> again. It's awful. These things are about two inches long. They can get up to two inches long. And the female stings... <laughs> I can't get through this. It stings and paralyzes a tarantula, and then the wasp drags the tarantula to a specially prepared brooding nest, and then only a single egg is laid inside of the spider, ab, the spider's abdomen, and when that egg uh, is is uh, about to hatch, or when the larva is about to hatch, it, it hatches and then eats all the vital organs, and then several weeks later it emerges as an adult. Interesting fact about these, though, is that if a wasp egg is laid if it's fertilized it produces a female if it's unfertilized it becomes a male which is interesting
1: sure another very interesting fact about them is that they are prominently featured in the will smith vehicle wild wild
0: west oh that's right yes you say vehicle yeah The, (laughs) the the vehicle that puts forth his career yes Oh yeah, uh, the movie Wild that's, Wild Well, it's not a Kevin <laughs> Klein vehicle. We
1: can be we can be assured of that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's do you think right. It's
1: a, do you think it's a Kenneth Branagh vehicle? No,
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely. They not. They only used half of them, but <laughs> I feel like. Uh, that's right. Yeah, because they made the uh, the little thing and they flew in and they attacked the tarantula. That's right. But they didn't lay an egg. You got to move on. <laughs> <it's terrible. laughs> Gah. I keep, uh, there's a piece of paper that keeps rubbing my elbow. <laughs> it keeps freaking me out.
1: Um, I'm actually going to get back to very creepy wasps in a moment, but first I want to talk about the giraffe weevil, specifically because it is a ladybug with a giraffe neck, essentially. They're these tiny plant-dwelling bugs that fight with their necks like giraffes. They have these giant segmented, like, jointed necks, and they use... Uh, uh, these uh, their height to help build nests, and they fight with their necks uh, to uh, establish dominance and mating, just like a giraffe. Just like a giraffe does. Huh. They're 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 really awkward looking.
0: They're hilarious. <laughs> so the next animal, uh, insect I've got on here is the giant weeta. Uh, these things are about 71 grams, and they're one of the largest insects that uh, has been found. And 71 grams is about uh, a sixth of a pound, or the equivalent of, I think you found a C battery. True, or 28 pennies. Count them, count them out. Uh, but these these are just really frickin' big bugs. Uh, they're kind of a mix between like a, a beetle and a grasshopper. And their genus name is acrida, which means terrible grasshopper. Uh, it's from the Greek word dienos, meaning terrible or potent or fearfully great, in the same way that dinosaur means terrible lizard.
1: Yes. Uh, the next thing I've got is the driver ant. Now, the driver ants are those ants that you see in in movies and maybe in books. That yeah, uh, where they uh, getaway they... car.
0: They drive the getaway car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's <all I> got. <laughs> no, that's anytime you you hear references to uh, uh, ants being fatal to people, essentially, uh, 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 either suffocating them by swarming or by biting so much. These are driver ants. They are nomadic. They travel great distances within their own hive. They are carnivorous. And they uh, uh, have these huge colonies. They're so big, they've been known to be able to cross smaller bodies of water by essentially sacrificing themselves to become a bridge for the rest of them so the rest of the colony just keeps moving. Um, and their mandibles are so powerful and the ants themselves are so big that there have been communities in Africa that will use them as forceps to hold wounds closed while people got stitches. Oh, um, my God. And uh, so their bite is is uh, very powerful and, and very painful. Um, and, uh, another really interesting thing about them is that this hasn't really been proven, but it seems like they are coordinating attacks against neighboring hives of insects. They will coordinate attacks against, uh, uh, termite mounds and things like that. And it looks like they are, they are practicing some sort of warfare in that they all attack at once. They don't, they don't just find and they, 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 uh, uh will all eliminate uh, this threat and then go back to their lives.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah, they're terrifying. They're terrifying. <laughs> so are these the ones that, like, devour cows in, like, 45 minutes?
1: Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a, an exaggeration. Uh, <laughs> y- you might... Uh, uh, you may or may not uh, recognize the existence of uh, a different Indiana Jones movie called Crystal Skull. Um, in which uh, uh, a colony of of these driver ants um, eat two people in like two minutes. That's not really how it works. uh, but if you were uh, swarmed and, and and bitten enough times, it could be very difficult to get away, and they would eventually consume oh, you. They can god. definitely be fatal. All right, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that hurts. Oh god, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies. Uh, okay, uh, my next one I have on here is the ant lion. Now, the ant lion, uh, you might or may you may or may not have heard of this, but uh, their larvae has a very cute name. They call them doodlebugs. Uh, because they leave a little winding trail on the sand as if someone has been doodling. Uh, and the adults, when they when they actually turn into the... They, they kind of look like a dragonfly in a way. But as an antlion, they eat ants. And what they do is they, they basically make a little hole in the ground to where insects will crawl into or near the hole, and then they'll come out and grab them. Um, much like a... Uh, I'll let you can let, let you. me say yeah, it. It's like the
1: Sarlacc. It's like a Sarlacc pit uh, from
0: from where
1: from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. If you
0: haven't seen it. Listen, we can't assume everybody who's listening to this has seen it. <laughs> um, you found a,
1: a podcast on a place called Nerdalogs. I'm going to assume you know what a Sarlacc is. Um <laughs> Uh, I do think they're great. I also think that uh, uh, it's really interesting in the larval stage. They don't actually have mouths. They just kind of have these open, gaping holes that have a bunch of of dissolving chemicals in them.
0: That makes a giant one so much more <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, boy. We did a we did a role playing campaign where a giant ant lion was fighting us, and now I have a completely different respect for that go on <laughs> um,
1: the last one I have on my list uh, is a very creepy wasp called wow. a voodoo wasp um, voodoo wasps uh, uh, much in the same way the tarantula wasps will will lay eggs inside of a caterpillar but they'll lay somewhere around 80 eggs inside of this caterpillar I'm gonna have
0: nightmares tonight. And,
1: but they won't kill the caterpillar the, the, the wasp larvae will eventually eat their way out of the caterpillar without killing it, and somehow, we're not sure how yet, the caterpillar doesn't leave. It stays and protects these larvae, so what's happening is somehow it's controlling the brain chemistry of this caterpillar, and making it act as a deterrent against predators. So the caterpillar stays around the cocoon where these wasps grow into maturity and the caterpillar will swing its head wildly around when any predator comes nearby and attempt to bat it away. It's really weird and that's why they're called the voodoo wasp because it looks like they're actually controlling other insects to do their bidding. Like a
0: zombie.
1: Yes, they're creating zombie bugs. Oh, God. Uh, they're very, very scary. Oh, all right, well, on on the oh god, I can't do it. We can talk about cuter ones. Like I I thought about the cherry millipede. If you if you pick up a cherry millipede and shake it in your hands and then you smell it, it smells like maraschino cherries. That's adorable. But what does it look like? A millipede. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: uh, the last one I have on my list, on a lighter note, uh literally, uh, is the silkworm caterpillar, and these. I think I found most interesting is that these are not they don't reproduce in the wild. They're strictly domestic caterpillars and they've been this way for at least 5000 years in China and they've been bred to produce silk. And the way they do that is when they're turning into the moth that is created out of this caterpillar, they wrap themselves in a cocoon of this silk. Uh, and it's pure silk, and that's actually what's harvested is this cocoon. So when they harvest it, it does kill the larva, which is a little controversial because they are like, okay, you're harvesting this thing, and you're and you're taking it right before it's about to turn into a moth. But a single cocoon uh, is made up of a thread of raw silk, and that is about a thousand to three thousand feet long, which is also insane because these these things are very small; they're they can fit in the palm of your hand. Um, But about 2,000 to 3,000 cocoons are needed to make a pound of this stuff. And I think it's the 70 million, 70 billion, I have to look it up again, but uh, are harvested each year. Now, how many kimonos could I make with a pound of silk? A pound of, that's a good question, because you might be able to make one kimono out of of 2,000 to 3,000 of these things. (laughs) Because a kimono's not like, I mean, silk's really light. Yeah. So I would imagine. Oh man, I don't know how how heavy is a normal kimono? I, I, it's I no not even idea. a pound. I can't imagine. I, yeah, I'm not, i not. It's not nearly know. as heavy as like a, a rhinoceros beetle or no, or a giant, <laughs> a giant <wader. laughs> Uh, So so that's that's what I have as far. Do you have anything else? I mean, I got some honorable
1: mentions. Sure, uh, go ahead.
0: Look up bagworm caterpillars. They look like the hermit crabs of the moth world. They're
1: super fun. I just want to point out that it's super cool that dragonflies are not only the oldest insect, but uh, apparently the only insect capable of selective attention. Um, Like you're doing right now, you're tuning out the outside world to listen to me talk about dragonflies. Dragonflies can do that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, And that's uh, that's about what I have uh, for further.
0: The oldest insect. Yeah, one
1: of the first insects to evolve. Their their genus is one of the oldest. Crazy. Very weird. Hmm. Um, uh, also, read uh, 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 Leiningen versus the Ants if you want to know more about driver ants. I mean, it's fiction, but uh, it's it's a fun horror story about oh ants.
0: God, no! I don't want to read that at all.
1: <laughs> That's
0: fair. Uh, yeah. So, if if you liked uh, what we talked about today, and you and you wanted to dive in a little bit more into theme when you when you play uh, the game, uh, play Hive. Uh, it's it's an interesting game and and you can imagine all the different expansions that you have just oh I just imagine like one like if you have a uh, uh, what's it called the assassin bug that I was talking about you could actually take the off wheel a bug. piece yeah the wheel oh, bug yeah. you could take the wheel bug and take out a piece on the board oh like or remove something. a piece from the yeah, board yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that would be cool there's all sorts of things you could do with that yeah
1: Anyway, if you, if you if you didn't like any of that, uh, if you had a voodoo wasp, you could control someone
0: else's piece. Ooh, see that's really good. See, they should they should hire us. <laughs> I don't know why we don't work for them already. <laughs> so, if, if you liked what we talked about today, check out the Game Hive. It's very fun. Uh, But if you also liked what we did today, you should check out our other episodes. And you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast on Google Play or Google Podcast, whatever it's called now. Um, And if you have any questions or you want to hit us up, uh, you can email us at beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Uh, If you liked the episode or if you liked any of our other episodes, go ahead and leave a review. Put a little comment in there. It's strictly business. Uh, It gets us out there and lets other people find us. Um, But if you're looking to find me, you can find me on the Instagrams at TwoPancakes or at WhizBotGames. You can find me on Instagram at PsychMater, though it might be a boring trip for you. Um, (laughs) You're new to the world of social media. I sure am, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And we want to thank the Nerdologues for putting us on their podcast network. And from beyond the board... We're, We're Mike, Mike. and don't, don't worry, be happy. I can't do this ever again. Never again. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com/nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.